This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and uh, I just felt like doing a little karmic profile today, so I'm doing this on uh, Senator Cory Booker, a U.S. Uh, senator from New Jersey. Um, I heard, I've heard a couple interviews uh, with him on uh, news shows or, or uh, podcasts maybe the last year or so, and then I heard recently um, someone ask someone else in a in a political analysis uh, context uh, in a podcast, uh, who do you think the Democrats should run in uh, 2020? And the person immediately said Cory Booker. And I was like, oh, so I was thinking about this. And then I just looked up his chart. So I want to do a little, uh, a little bit of a karmic profile. When you listen to him, he sounds too good to be true. He sounds wholesome, like he's making all the right choices um, like he's perfect. And I was like, you know, I just, I just want to look at his chart and see, and see, you know, what is, what is going on? And the first thing, um, when I do karmic analyses is Pluto. And this tells me about, um, the empowerment journey that the soul is having the human undergo. So the soul is watching the human figure out in a bunch of lives and a bunch of different kinds of contexts given different choices and beliefs and choices based in beliefs and blah, blah, blah. Um, what, will, what will I choose when I'm that person? And it's watching these many, many lives simultaneously spread out all across your timeline. So, so Pluto for me is this fundamental thing about the empowerment journey. How will this person develop confidence or what will this person come up against uh, in order to test whether or not he or she you know, will become strong and confident? And what, what humans do throughout time, most of us, we have tied our sense of empowerment to externals. So, you know, if I have money, if I feel like I have influence, if I have letters after my name, if I feel strong, right, or my body is strong or attractive or something like that, we tie it to externals. When, when real Plutonian empowerment is absolute, unflinching, unashamed self-awareness, which is Pluto shadow work, <clears throat> followed by absolute unflinching, unashamed self-acceptance, which is self-love work. So I look at Pluto in a person's chart to tell me about the ups and downs in a bunch of lives. And what is the worst thing that the person has experienced, the worst kind of theme, the worst kind of stuff, and then what is the best kind of stuff the person has, you know, turned those worst lemons into? You know, when life gives you lemons, make a meringue pie, something or other like that. Additionally, Pluto is what a person has to do to, to, in order to feel that life is worth living, that, that he or she is worth surviving. So it's a really intense kind of deep thing. So Pluto for him is retrograde in Virgo. Oh, you know what? I should give you his, uh, his birth data. We don't have a time, uh, and I encourage you not to drop a 6 a.m. or 12 o'clock chart, but to choose no time or unknown time. So 27th of April... 1969 in Washington, D.C., and of course, no, no time. The reason I recommend you do that with time uh, charts with no time is that you don't get stuck on, oh, the sun's over on the left. You know, you don't get stuck on, because, you know, sometimes when you do that, it'll do a hypothetical 6 a.m. birth chart or noon or whatever, and you get the houses in your head in a way that might not be true or is highly likely not accurate. So as Pluto... In Virgo is retrograde. And so there's the Pluto and Virgo people need to be of service and they need to make a difference and to improve something. Um, 
it's it's hands-on work often, it's practical work, it's service often, it's healing work sometimes. Sometimes it's being, you know, meticulous at a craft or or you know a, a way of working or or counting things and organizing things and ranking things. Um, so Pluto and Virgo people need to be of service uh, and need to make something better. Now some of them get overwhelmed with taking on responsibility uh, because they can define themselves in terms of the outcome. That's one of the traps with Pluto and Virgo. I took on this big project, for example, and it didn't work, so I must be a loser, right? So there's this kind of built-in criticism potential for Pluto and Virgo people. Uh, I like to tell clients I work with that you're a professional critic if you have Pluto and Virgo. If you have other things in Virgo, you know, it, it counts. But the Pluto thing is super deep. So the wounding is about making a difference and making something better and being responsible, right? Or not being responsible. The passion and sense of purpose is in doing those things. So, so, so he's got this retrograde in, in uh, Virgo and the conjunctions it has are most of the story that really piqued my interest today. It's conjunct retrograde Jupiter, also in Virgo. It's conjunct the south node in Virgo, and that's a huge part of the story. And it's conjunct retrograde Uranus at zero Libra. So, you know, there's a, a bunch of people born, um, you know, around 1969. <laughs> this is April of 1969. And I also like to teach people to recognize karmic patterns based in time, you know, telling time with astrology. Um, so a bunch of people who have this conjunct the south node. So I just said the, the Pluto thing is the empowerment journey. Well, the south node thing... Uh, is what environments, what conditioning environments, including family and community, the soul chooses for its human selves over and over. So essentially, little person, little human is helpless and clueless, and the soul outside time makes agreements on what kinds of relationships and environments are going to be training this person how to be human. So the south node is also in Virgo. So there's something about responsibility, you know, work ethic, organization, counting things, craftsperson, service, healing, you know, caring for people, making something better. There's something in a bunch of lives that he has this going on in a bunch of families and, and conditioning environments. So he'll tend to see the world through the lens of the south node. So that includes Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus. So the fact that Pluto is conjunct Jupiter says... I'm dealing with faith and belief. I'm dealing with taking risks. I may I may tend to sometimes lose faith. I may put faith, because these two are both retrograde, especially the Jupiter retrograde, I may put faith in something that doesn't warrant it or isn't worth putting faith in. I might have lost faith because I found out that the egg, you know, the basket in which I put all my eggs had a big giant holes in the bottom. You know, the the Pluto Jupiter says my empowerment has something to do with belief. Okay, and then also Uranus and Libra, there is a total uh, superhero justice fighter kind of energy with that. Um, and it's also retrograde. And, and, tr and uh, trauma is also something that goes with Uranus. So I just want to um, paint all of this together. There's a bird squeaking completely rhythmically in the wash. Anyway, it's very distracting. So forgive me if I can't concentrate. It's a squeak. I'm sure you can hear it. <laughs> anyway, um, an improbable bird. So Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus together say, 
I've been through a lot of things that have challenged my beliefs and I've been through trauma and, and because Pluto's on the South Node, I've probably been through war. I've probably been through where people are arguing about ideology, uh, where people's genius is limited because of their arguments, right? But also where there's a lot of insight. Um, Uranus and Jupiter uh, together can bring great intuitive right brain insights, intuitive meaning you know, you know something without being able to explain it kind of thing. Uranus brings flashes of insight. Jupiter is that right brain intuitive self. So so he has a lot of experience with this stuff. But because these three things are retrograde, he's got to figure out the right thing to serve, the right reason to serve, the right way to serve. He's got to figure, you know, sort through having been around the block with all these Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus things over many lives and make a choice about where his energies are going to go. What is he going to invest in? Because he's going to see the world as full of Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus, and it may be distracting for him the arguments over ideology, etc. Now, the reason that this is, this is relevant here for my purposes is this last week, or maybe it was 10 days ago, but, but very recently, he was the first U.S. senator or his senator in U.S. history, to testify against, you know, to not recommend <laughs> um, another senator for a cabinet appointment. So it was kind of a big deal. And it was about Jeff Sessions, uh, who was a senator from, I believe, Alabama, who's up for, uh, I want to say, attorney general. And he has a history of... Um, you can't, you know, if you give him the benefit of the doubt, it's just ignorant carelessness, but he's actually very smart and educated. And, and there's like some segregationist, racial, racist stuff in there. So Cory Booker was testifying against him saying, do not confirm this guy. This, this guy's not the guy. So anyway, that was the first time. And I was like, yeah, this, he totally has this like justice, uh, social justice, tell the truth, um, I'm going to speak up if you're lying kind of energy. So that's why when I see this Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus, and Libra, you know, Pluto, Jupiter, and Virgo, which are very specific, they're going to be very specific about language and about what's true and right. And then, uh, you know, Uranus and Libra kind of like really having a problem with injustice. That's right on his, those three things are right on his south node. So, so there's part of the story. Um, stopping for a moment, with the karmic story, just on the personality level, he's a sun in Taurus, at seven Taurus, and um, seven and a half degrees away is Saturn in the last degree, 2943 of Aries. So there's another thing about, you know, fighting for values, fighting because Saturn's in Aries and needing to, you know, perception of a need to take some kind of responsible role to fight for values or to stand up for something. You know, Sun Saturn people, especially when one of them is in Taurus, they need to stand up for something. So that's like personality level, you know, part of the story too. But then I go to the South Node ruler by sign. And, and the way I do this, Pluto's the first step. South Node itself is the second step. I'm talking about house sign and aspects for each. And the, and the third step is a South Node ruler by sign. So while the South Node tells us what environments the soul keeps having this person born into or the soul born into over and over again. So how does this person see the world? You know, what does this person expect the world to be like? 
The Southland Ruler by Sign tells me who this person shows up to be in many lives. What skills and talents, what roles does a person gravitate toward, or is he or she nudged into because of giving off karmic vapors? I'm kind of attached to this deep level of identity, or you know what, I'm really good at this. So people will push the person even if the person doesn't volunteer or gravitate toward it. Well, so then there's another thing about values and standing up for things because the south node is in Virgo, so its ruler is Mercury. And you go straight to 25 Taurus where that Mercury is. The first thing I noticed here was the opposition to retro Neptune and Scorpio. Now, when the south node ruler, you, is opposed by a planet, you can feel confronted or blocked or challenged or, you know, in confrontation with, like, like gunslingers and a showdown. You know, it can be like that, kind of tense and, you know, opposite things. Well, when you are opposed by retrograde Neptune in Scorpio, you're talking, like, the worst case scenario is liars and cheats and deceivers. <laughs> and uh, so, so then I realized, you can tell I'm very excited about this analysis, then I realized that that south node ruler Mercury is conjunct by about, you know, six and a half degrees, and I'd count up to eight, Vesta in Gemini. So that's where I was like, oh, all these things together um, bring in this bring in this thing. Um, because Vesta is about devotion, and you can't do Vesta halfway. Now, you might not do your Vesta, and you'll meet people all the time who don't do their Vesta. But if you do it, you take it very, very seriously. I, I talk about, like, the, the image that comes to me is, you know, I say devotion, and that kind of, that carries some of the meaning. But really, a better word is it brings a sense of religiosity to it. Like, like you are in this groove. It matters to you. And doing this thing is, is actually a form of devoted service and perhaps even akin to prayer. I know that's kind of like a little poetical language that we're not used to using all the time, but like but but that's really that's really what it is. So you can't make jokes about the symbolism of your Vesta. Like I, I have my I have my Saturn with Vesta in Gemini in the ninth house. And so when I do metaphysical work when I learn things, when I'm debating, when I'm kind of arguing things, uh, or when I'm doing spiritual work even in the ninth house, right? This kind of like higher level thinking and being a spiritual teacher, I don't do it halfway, but I also can't joke about it because I take it so seriously. It is divine service. So I'll go, I'll meet people like friends of friends and they say, oh, Joe said that you're an astrologer. Guess my sign. And my Vesta because it's next to Saturn in the ninth, there is a divine purpose to this work. You know, I, I just, I'm deflated. You know, it's, it's actually a really funny image. I, I just have all these memories of going sighing when people do that. Because you can't do your, you can't do your Vesta halfway, but you also can't take it lightly. Now, it's not to say that you can't take it too seriously, but there's a real fundamental purpose for human devotion, you know, developing a sense of being of service, right? So so anyway, South Node Ruler conjunct Vesta and Gemini, he's listening to how people speak. He's he's hearing in their words and seeing in their actions their values reflected. 
So the social justice thing with the Uranus and Libra on the south node with the Jupiter, Pluto, and Virgo, but also this bit, he's definitely got this, um, this you know, kind of flag to wave. In these interviews I heard, he was very humble and he was self-deprecating and he was very funny, um, but not trying too hard, just kind of intentionally not taking himself too seriously. Um, but anyway, the, there are certain things he's going to take very seriously. And so he and a bunch of lives... Because South Node Ruler uh, Mercury is opposing the Neptune uh, chaos, like I said, deception, lies, illusion, falsehood, things that people would like to be true, right? And also Neptune and Scorpio can be a thing about the um, dishonesty or the corruption of the masses or within, you know, mass culture. That's kind of a Neptune and Scorpio uh, negative thing when, when it's kind of a karmic issue. You know, when it when it harms you, right, or you're unhappy about it, you'll see conspiracy plots and uh, you will um, see the worst in politicians because they're in power. There's a thing about, you know, the masses being duped into believing lies by those in power. And that's kind of one potential thing that can happen with, you know, Neptune, especially Neptune retrograde in Scorpio opposing your South Node ruler. So so there's all that. Um, I also wanted to say something about his North Node. And the North Node for me is the fourth step of the story. When I talk about the Pluto story, and then I talk about the South Node story and the South Node ruler story, I'm talking about the past that has been carried forward and created to be the present. So the karmic past, the, the karmic belief baggage that people are carrying around, the things that you expect to be true, even if you don't like it that they might be true or they are true, and they become true because of the power of belief. When we get to the fourth step of the story, the North Node, this is about what has been left out or not cultivated or not understood by the people and places you're born into and trained how to be a person by, within, of, in. Because your soul is in cahoots with all the other souls about the South Node symbolism and the aspects to the nodes. I'm leaving out scores for the nodes because I don't know that much about his personal life or his family life, so I don't want to gum that up. But it's important to look at squares for the nodes. I looked at the conjunctions to the south node, and now I'm going to talk about uh, two of the conjunctions to the north node. Um, so anyway, the squares are important. They are they are unresolved issues. I, I would I would encourage you to avoid the terminology missed step or skipped step. What I've learned from the Ascended Master I channel is you know some of the things, but not all the things. And you keep relying on the habits and presumptions of what you know, and you keep tripping over your shoelaces because you're not learning new things. You're not making new choices. So I'd say an unresolved issue with squares to the nodes. Actually, I just realized this. If you, um, you probably won't see it. If you don't use the, the true black moon, Lilith, that's actually at zero cancer square of the nodes. But if you don't use that a true black moon, you wouldn't even see that show up there. Anyway, okay. So moving on, just forget that the Lilith is square the nodes. Okay. Um, Chiron is conjunct the North Node, which is always about needing to process emotions. And in this group of people with the Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus on the South Node, whether the South Node's in late Virgo or early Libra, you know, in 1969, um, there's always a thing about having come from some chaos, some intense things, some trauma, some mass movements, mass migrations, perhaps, 
you know, on the, on the outskirts of or in the middle of genocide. There's like big mass movements happening sometimes. And sometimes these things are bad. Sometimes they're great. But anyway, there's that in the karmic history. Chiron on the North Node, conjunct the North Node, says, I have to learn how to process my emotions. I have to learn how to grieve. I have to learn how to sit and let my mind stop and realize I'm holding an energy that that I can, the only thing to do is cry it out. So some people with the Chiron conjunct the North Node will stay on the go, regardless of what the South Node signature is, because they don't want the opening in which emotion pours out because they haven't been taught or modeled how to deal with sorrow and, you know, grief and sadness and loss and feelings of helplessness, haven't been taught how to deal with that. But what I really want to say about this is, oh, and then Lucifer's here, the asteroid Lucifer, number 1930, 1930. And that's also conjunct this North Node. And it's really important because Lucifer is about bringing light. So for him, his capacity, and it's another marker of needing to be of service. Forget the Christian mythology of the devil and Satan. Like, forget that stuff. And actually, I have a, a, a video on my site. It's about an hour long, a webinar video on Lucifer uh, called Bringing Light. Uh, that I definitely recommend you check out if you're interested in the Lucifer story. But the idea is we want to serve but we might not respect the people who are in power, so we have to break away. Anyway, that video explains the whole story. There's also a chapter on Lucifer in uh, the book Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys. So bringing light, trusting yourself to align your mind with your heart, thereby bringing light, that's wrapped up in his ability or his willingness to process emotions and be sensitive to energy and emotion in people. I didn't mention that Chiron uh, meaning yet, but it's a very important part of it, being sensitive to other people's emotions and energies. So, you know, this guy wouldn't automatically get distracted by other people's emotional outbursts. Like he, he might not go home and realize that he was affected by that person crying in the cafeteria or that person yelling on the bus. He might not realize he's affected by that because no one taught him how to deal with the energy antenna of Lucifer, or sorry, of, of Chiron, sorry, Chiron. So what I want to get at is some of these people with these, the 69, 1969 births with this Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus on the south node have come from crazy, crazy times and haven't had the chance to sit and process the feelings. So he, he's one of these people. I, I don't know much about him personally, so I don't know how, uh, you know, how his crying life does or doesn't work. But there's just that, that thing I want to point out about his, uh, his karmic journey and the, the need to, to, um, to, to learn to feel the emotions without thinking it's indulging. The, other, the last thing I'll say about this North Node, or anyone's North Node, is that we are each born with a set of assumptions about what it would be like to do the North Node because it's the opposite of what we prefer and what's, what's comfortable for us. So we have these biases and prejudices, every single one of us. And the thing is, well, I would never want to be like those people. And, and when I do this with clients and students in uh, karmic astrology classes, they, uh, they laugh at themselves because when I say it, it sounds ridiculous. 
you would never want to be like that kind of person. And I just name a quality of person. <laughs> and uh, they realize it's ridiculous. But when you have that part of you that's karmically conditioned over so many lifetimes with the South Node, um, you know, you it, it has a lot of power within you and you can't hear that it's ridiculous. <clears throat> um, so in his case, there's a Pisces North Node conjunct Chiron. Let's just leave the Lucifer out of it. And also the asteroid Lilith 1181 is in here too, but we're going to leave that out too. Um, he is on the go. South node in Virgo, conjunct Jupiter-Pluto. He's focused on making a difference. He is empowered by what he believes or disempowered by what he believes. But Jupiter-Pluto can be very active in an Earth sign. And, you know, with Uranus there, change, very focused on change and justice and trying to make things happen and humanitarian causes and whatever, you know, is one way it can come out. That's certainly how he seems to be doing it in this life. He would think if you stopped to just feel what this rock is vibrating, he would think that's not productive because he hasn't been taught in Pisces North Node to be in the moment. And remember, Neptune, one of the co-rulers of the Pisces North Node, is opposing the South Node ruler. So he's been confounded by Neptunian people and circumstances. So it's like he would never, like if I, he had a reading with me and I said to him, you know what, the best thing for you to do is to go on a hike with no phone or watch, bring a backpack with some water and some food, go on a, you know, a, a hike in a park that's got maps scattered around like on the trails, but you get lost. And you don't, you know, that would be the worst thing for him because he is so progress oriented, you know, um, with the South Node setup and the sun, you know, sun and Taurus conjunct Saturn, the South Node ruler, you know, in, uh, in, in Taurus conjunct the Vesta, like purposefulness and, and needing to do things and, and make things happen. You know, this is a, it's a chart of somebody who can, can be very high achieving, but may need to cry some shit out sometimes, but was never taught how to do it. So that's just what I wanted to talk about. Sometimes these people are in chaos, the people in the subgroup here, this little age bracket, when and they haven't been taught how to grieve or how to slow down and, and not just smell the roses, but really process feelings, meaning feeling things and giving space to them. So that's just um you know, that's just one one uh, angle on that. I have met people with Chiron conjunct the North Node in various uh, signs and houses. You know, this one's Chiron and Aries and, you know, North Node and Pisces. When it's in Aries, sometimes it's like dealing with emotion. Sometimes it's not grief. Sometimes it, or, or loss or sadness. Sometimes it's anger, not being sure how to own anger. But he seems to be pretty forthright with that, um, you know, directing it and um, using the energy. But a lot of times, like with that signature, Chiron conjunct the North Node, I'll say to the client, so think about a time when you were young and, you know, you're 6, 8, 10, 12 years old and somebody in the family or a dear family friend passes away and it could be a pet as well, somebody in the family, right? Um, and everybody for like four days went through the motions of grieving, but nobody actually grieved. And then life kind of went back to normal, but everyone kind of still carried it. And maybe there was a little crying, but maybe people didn't really process it. And they always say, oh, my God, that happened when my grandmother died when I was 10. Or, oh, my God, my pet when I was 9. And I was trying to get my mom to, like, you know, 
sit with me while I cried and she was kind of confused. You know, there, there's this whole thing about grieving and dealing with emotion, you know, dealing with emotion. Most people fear getting stuck in some emotional rut, so they don't want to go in the feelings. But realize that, I didn't realize this was going to become a, a Chiron teaching, but <laughs> Chiron lecture, but, but um, it seems to be, realize that if you hold yourself back from processing things, then there are these waves trying to break. It is not in the natural order of things for you to retain tension or pain or confusion or resentment or sorrow. And that's why the things that bug you the most and you don't want to deal with in your life keep coming up over and over again because it's not the natural order of things that you hold tension. So when you actually go into the emotions of things, you can cry some stuff out and the wave thereby breaks. So for some people, anger is first and then the chiron, you know, crying comes later uh, because all anger is in fact sourced in pain. That's a key truth for chiron stuff. So if you're interested in that story, the Chiron thing, um, Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age is a book that I put out that that is an entire book on that. There are essays on the mythology and and uh, psychology and spiritual psychology and stuff like that. And then there's also a complete cookbook thing on the astrology of Chiron. So that is uh, this little Quarry Book or Karmic Profile Plus. Uh, thank you for your time and energy. You can check out what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com, including consultations, tutoring, channeled MP3s, which include energy work MP3s, which can really open up and change your life, astrology MP3s and courses, books, and energetically programmed uh, crystals and stones to help you uh, radically shift what you're vibrating. Bye-bye. <laughs>